All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of College Football Sunday. I'm Steve. With me all the time is Taz. Yay, what's up? All right. This episode, this will be our last conference preview show. We'll do the independence next, but this is our last conference conference one. So in this one, we're going to talk about the Mac. A little bit of some action going on. (laughs) They play some really good football out in the Mac. And I really like how, and I know I've said this in the past, how I hate weekday games. And I really do. But for big boy football, (laughs) in the MAC they end up playing weekday weekday games Tuesdays and Wednesdays from November first to November twenty second, which is good because that's when you're really jonesing for some football because you know it's almost over. So for four straight weeks they play on Tuesday and Wednesday. That pretty much gives us college football games five days a week for the last month through November. Right, and the MAC is one of those conferences a lot of times get overlooked. Oh, yeah. Unless there's a, like one standout team or a player in that conference that draws the attention. Mm-hmm. Other than that, a lot of times people don't really give them that much attention, but it's really good football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two lower level schools still make for a good game. Right. I mean, the same with, I mean, I know it's not high school football, but <laughs> same reason we watch Friday Night Lights and football, high school football. I mean, they're not, I'm not trying to compare a Division One conference to a high school football, but. I mean, it's just because they're not the big, big boys doesn't mean that they're not still out there competing and playing good football. Right. And they produce a lot of uh, NFL-type players. Exactly. Uh, Matt, didn't he come from, like, Buffalo mm-hmm. or something? Buffalo, yeah. yeah. A lot of good players come out there, but a lot of times people don't really watch them. They're not power five. They're not yeah. the, the sexy team to watch. But mm-hmm. occasionally you'll get a team from the MAC to step up. Yeah, and that's something we're going we're really going to emphasize too on this podcast during the season these type of games and these type of schools because they don't get any kind of recognition. Right. They deserve to have recognition. Right. I mean, last year the MAC West was one of two divisions in all of college football that every team was bowl eligible. Right. <laughs> and yeah, and that's overlooked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The only other one was the SEC West, right. which I'm pretty sure everybody knew that one. But if I would ask somebody what was the second, you would have never thunk the Mac the West. Mac West. Right. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go on get into these teams and break them down. The hard part is with these Mac teams is their records. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll emphasize and we'll talk about what their record is. And you'll look at it and you'll be like, oh, that really isn't that great of a year. But when you look at the scheduling and the people and the teams that these schools schedule, I mean, they're playing Ohio State, Oklahoma, Washington, Michigan, Iowa, Clemson. I mean, I don't think they're playing Clemson, but right. still they're playing big boy football. Big boy football, right. Yeah, for right. like three of their non-conference games. Right. <laughs> so they might lose the first start out the season one and three, and you're like, oh, this their season sucks, and they can end up winning the division. Right, just running the conference. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, all right, so the first thing we got in the East is Kent State. Mm. Kent State last year, they went seven and seven, mm-hmm. like I said. They won the division first time since 2012. Right. They end up losing to Northern Illinois in the championship game, 41-23. to Last time Kent State won a conference championship was 1972. Whoa. Head coach Dom James, mm. the legendary coach for Washington. Nick Saban was on that staff. Wow. No. <laughs> Actually, didn't he graduate from there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. He graduated from there, and I think he was, uh, I want to say, 
the linebackers coach for that team right. in 72. So, yeah, the last time they won was when, and we've had this discussion joking in the past, could Nick Saban go back to Kent State <laughs> and turn him into a powerhouse? What, what was your response? <laughs> you my response? I thought he, I said he could. Yeah. I said, why not? I mean, I think he, he, he would probably control the conference. Oh, um, hands down. But, I mean, to come up to play with the big boys, uh, you know, not in today's football, I don't think. You don't think? Nah. Well, well, one is, uh, and I really hate bringing this up, but NIL has been a big part of football right now. Well, yeah, I know. And I but, know Kent State don't have big boy money like the rest of them. Yeah, but but we talked about this also, because if a guy does produce or guys produce in that area, mm-hmm. they they still have the one-shot opportunity transferring out. Yeah. And probably getting a payday versus, oh, we're going to stand this league down here. Yeah, I mean, if they got the NIL under wraps or yeah. if this was pre-NIL, I yeah. think he could do it. Yeah, I think I think it'd be it, it he can build a squad. Yeah. I can say that. He can build a squad. Heck but yeah. but to play with the big boys consistently, I don't think so. All right, Nick, you heard that? Prove yeah. him wrong. I'll call, call Go me, to Kent Nick. State. Call me. Extra <laughs> tags. College football Sunday. Uh, well, that too. <laughs> Sunday's live. I'm live right now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there we go, Nick. Come back to Kent State. Prove to everybody you are the GOAT and win a national championship at Kent nah, State. I don't see the national championship, dude. Like I said, he will build a solid team, solid program. Because, I mean, along with that, you know, you got to really have the funds to really build a staff and – Guys willing to take that pay cut to oh yeah come it'd be work a big pay you. cut oh huge it's like why why would I go there Nick oh yeah his, his D line coach probably makes more than that Sean Lewis <laughs> right. the head coach at Kent State right, right now it'd be a challenge <laughs> unless he's willing to invest money himself into the program yeah that's true I mean he's got money he don't need he don't need to get paid a lot yeah but if you investing in Kent State he's gonna take a chunk out your pocket <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> yeah it will. Well, last year their division came down to the last game of the year on the last play of the year of the regular season. They beat Miami of Ohio 48-47 in overtime and stopped a two-point play last year. And that was broken up by Monte Miller, their DB, Mm. their star DB. He Mm. had nine pass breakups last year and four interceptions that Mm. led to Mac. He was the one that broke up the last play of the game to end up winning and clinching the division and sending Kent State to the conference championship game. Right. Now, Kent State, this is interesting right here. I'm looking at last year's rankings or whatever. Kent State was pretty solid outside of, of course, you know, they played, what, three power fives mm-hmm. last year, of course, and that number can be skewed a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's hard to look at their stats and yeah. everything else because of that. Right, right. But I think if they can address the defense side of the ball mm-hmm. uh, a little bit this year, you, you'll see a lot of improvement. Last year, dude, they were they were ranked number one in the MAC and rushing. Oh, nice. Number three nationally. Dang. Really? Nationally. Really? <laughs> yeah. And they have their top two running backs coming right. back. And you're talking about 248 yards a game. Damn. Russia, third nationally, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, total total offense, fourth nationally. 
Really? Yeah, that's where they, that's where the, a passing game was ranked fifty seven. Yeah, but I mean, if you but can run still, it that fourth well. nationally. Yeah, if if you can kind of change that up, you know, and help with your defense, but the defense was solid as far as turnovers. Mm-hmm. Plus thirteen, third nationally. Wow. Yeah. And that's why I said, but the crazy part is they went seven and seven. Right. And then like I said, some of those numbers probably skewed. I mean, you play those power five teams, it's probably skewed the numbers a little bit, but still. Well, and the good thing with their defense is they got five seniors coming back in the secondary Uh, next year. So that's going to help a lot. Right. They got a senior safety, Dean Clark, had 116 tackles. Another one, safety, Nico Bolden, 85 Mm -hmm. tackles and two Mm -hmm. picks. So they should have some pretty good experience that should help that defense. Right, and with a new D coordinator also, um, Jeremy Johnson um, is coming in to help that defense because that was something they needed to address. Oh yeah, um, from Northern uh, Northern Iowa that he was there for the past nine years. So hopefully he can come in and kind of shore up and help with that defense a little bit. Mm-hmm. They can keep it rolling on offense. Kent State can make some noise. Oh yeah, yeah, might end up winning the division again. Right, right. But of course, you know they still scared about five teams. <laughs> yeah, you know. at the beginning, so that's going to hurt them. Right. Hopefully they can get through it healthy. That's the biggest thing. Right. So all right. So the next school we got here is Miami of Ohio, hmm. not of Florida, of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is this is the this is the home of uh, Ben Rothenberger. Yep. Right. Yeah, they end up going seven and six last year, but they have actually won fourteen straight home games. They have a, a quarterback. I think everybody's familiar with his brother. They have a quarterback, Brett Gabbert. Mm. He's a younger brother of Blaine Gabbert. Right. Tough one out the gate. It started off with Kentucky, going to Kentucky on the road. Oof. Yeah, that's gonna be hard. Yeah. That's a ooh. They ain't gonna win that game. Hey, I mean that <laughs> you get to see where you are <laughs> to start this season. You know, if you can kind of uh, be competitive that game, you should be okay in your conference. So is that what? That's the game that Nick Saban's gonna watch and be like, "No, nah, I can't do this in the back. I ain't even going to play." <laughs> right, right. But you never know. I mean, all season things happen. First year, I mean, well, not first year, but first game of the year. Uh-huh. And, you know, Kentucky be a team, you know, a lot of times mistakes are made. Oh, yeah. People still getting acquainted with each other. So, I mean, mm. you never know what can happen in the first game. I mean, you got a whole offseason to prepare for them. That's true. So. That's true. They do return nine starters on offense. Mm-hmm. Their top four running backs are back. They bring back four of their top wide receivers. They lose their top receiver, Sorson. He had 76 catches, 1,400 yards, and 10 touchdowns. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a big void. But the way I look at opportunity like that means that there's more balls to go around to the other guys that's, that's back. Right. So I think that would really – I'm not saying it, it helps to have your top receiver leave, but I think it, it helps out with your whole core to where you can spread the ball around. They were the top passing team in the MAC last I year. I see that man ranked twenty first nationally. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a bad deal, man. So they have something that's probably their identity. Um, they rush, you know, eighth in the conference, but 80, 81st nationally, a little over hundred, you know, hundred yards a game, one forty four a game. So yeah, they can work on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the pass game could kind of open up the run game, help out a little bit. Quarterback maybe is a little mobile can kind of help out, but we'll we'll see what the See what they can do, what improvements they made in the offseason. Oh, yeah. Well, they're going to have to do something because they're going to learn, like you were saying, they play Kentucky and Will Levis, and they only got five starters back on defense. Right, and they're kind of top-heavy also. 
they have three uh, group of five teams yeah. playing like a power five, which is Cincinnati. Oh yeah, the third game. You so, pretty much call them a power five. School. Right, right. So that's that's two games early, followed by <laughs> you know at Northwestern. So yeah, that's still Pat Fitzgerald. Right, he'll do he'll do all right. Right, and then they do lose seven of their top nine tacklers. Mm. They do bring back a linebacker, Matthew Salapek. Mm-hmm. Had 112 tackles, seven tackles for loss, and six pass breakups. So that will help them out. Right. And they got a really interesting young DB there that I was noticing, too, when I was looking into. He's a sophomore, Sean mm-hmm. Saunders Jr. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. He's not the son or cousin or grandson or anything of the – the late great John Saunders mm-hmm. who passed away, the the reporter for ESPN. Mm-hmm. But last year he had thirteen tackles, but he also had three picks. Mm. So in the time he played sparingly, he made the most of it. So right. I think he'll probably have a pretty big year this year coming up. Right. All right. Well, that's gonna wa- wrap up Miami of Ohio. We're gonna keep it moving, and now we're gonna move over to Ohio University. Mm. They went three and nine last year. They're Tim Albin. He's in his second year now. He was an OC there under Frank Solich, mm-hmm. who had to retire and step away due to health reasons, which really sucked because Frank Solich was a really great coach there. He actually has the all-time wins in MAC history with 115 MAC wins, and this was their first losing season last year since 2008. Start out somewhat top-heavy, also like the other start out Florida Atlantic, which is home. Mm-hmm. Against Willie, who we previewed earlier. Oh yeah. Followed by two road games, mm. Penn State, followed by Iowa State. <laughs> so See, this is what I was telling y'all at the beginning. They yeah. they play big boy football in right. the back, right? And they have to because, like everything else, they got to for a payday, right? You know, that's the unfortunate part. So I guess, I, I don't know, in scheduling these games, I guess checking availability with some of these teams. Because um, you want you would think I would try to establish my team first mm-hmm. before getting into it, but they play a lot of these teams early. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right out the jump. All That's right. why I said a lot of these teams, the MAC, there won't be anybody 3-1. Right. They'll be 1-3, maybe 2-2, two and two, some yeah. probably 0-4. Right. You know, before heading into conference play. Right. But it doesn't mean that they're bad teams. It's just, look at, I mean, <laughs> those are hard games for Power 5 schools, let alone a team or a conference in the MAC. Right, right. And they, like I said, they consistently do it, which I, I applaud them. They're oh, yeah. not backing down from anybody. Oh, yeah, no, they ain't scared. Yeah, they can easily go lower, <laughs> either someone on their level is put mm-hmm. in place. And then try to improve their record and get a bit, you know, at least a bigger bowl game. Yeah. I think they all just pretty much cash in on conference play. Right. In this conference. So here goes a crazy stat that I heard or I was reading. Shoot. So in week 11, they lost to Toledo 35 to 23, right? Mm hmm. They hadn't lost a MAC conference game by more than a touchdown mm-hmm. before that game since November of 2015. Man. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, a lot of one-score games. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah. And so this year they got coming back as a four-year starter, a four-year quarterback that's a sophomore, mm-hmm. for whatever sense or however that makes. Curtis Rourke last year had 1,800 yards, 11 touchdowns, seven picks, mm-hmm. and 65% completion percentage. Right. 
They lost their top two running backs, and their quarterback is actually their lead-in returning rusher, which that's never good. Mm. <laughs> they lose four of their top five wide receivers and only have five returning starters on offense altogether. Man. It's going to be hard to get back up bump over the hump. Right, and it seems that their, their identity, if you would have to lean on one, mm. would be probably a rush game, uh, ranked six in the conference, 39 nationally. On the 87? Yeah. I mean, but that's actually about three yards more than a passing per game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So it was pretty balanced. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, but that's not the type of balance you no, want. No, <laughs> <You> no. <know? laughs> not in that sense. And then also, too, I mean, you lose your top two running backs. Right. And then your passing game probably ain't going to be much better when you lose four of your top five wide receivers. Right, right, right. And they're bringing a new D coordinator also to kind of help out with that defense. That defense was, uh, man, giving up a lot of points. You're talking 193 on the ground, 238 in passing yards. Mm. How many points? 96 nationally, 30.3. 30 points a game? Yeah. They're giving up? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, they're only scoring 27. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, they returned nine starters from that defense, right. if that's any good. Their leading tackler, Bryce Houston, he had 104 tackles last year. He'll be back. But they do got a pretty sweet safety out there, Tariq uh-huh. Drake. Uh-huh. He had three picks. He was a third-team All-Mac player last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a couple of, sh- couple of stars, I guess, uh-huh. on the defense. Uh-huh. But, yeah, they're going to have to cut down in points per game. They can't yeah, give up 30. Some of that can be contributed also to the um, turnover margin. Also, they were minus 7, mm. 108 nationally. So, but taking the ball helps. Oh, yeah, a lot. Yeah. And it <laughs> depends where you turn the ball over. If you turn it over yep. your territory, that kind of explains why mm-hmm. your points per game that you're giving up. Is going exactly. Up. And your points scored are lower. Right. <laughs> All right, so moving on, we're going to move on to Buffalo. Buffalo went four and eight last year. Mm-hmm. This was a really, really interesting um, situation that I was reading about that I did not have a clue about until I started reading it. Right now, uh, we didn't have this last uh, during the COVID year, which I wish we did, because I came out and said that that Patterson was probably going to be a hidden gem mm-hmm. and he just went out and rushed for 300 and something yards on everybody every week. Wow. <laughs> Patterson is the running back that they had a little bowling ball. And yeah, he had a great year during mm-hmm. the COVID year, then decided to go pro. And I don't know what happened to him since then. So this is the thing with Buffalo. Lance LaPloid, LaPold left this job for Kansas. Mm. He didn't leave to take that job in Kansas until so they had already went through spring practice. Right. So he skies up, he leaves. Then they bring in Maurice L- Linguist, who was a co-D coordinator in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Right? He didn't have, when the, the coach went to go to Kansas, mm-hmm. took all 10 coaches. Wow. He had no returning, returning coaches. Couldn't retain any of the coaches. 10 players transferred out. Wow. And the first practice that he had was the first was fall practice last year, August 4th. Mm. So from after spring until then, when he got the job, he was scrambling. He had to put a staff together. He had to figure out players. He couldn't run no practices. He didn't know what he had. So, I mean, four and eight, that's not a great year. But from what 
the situation that he was in, <laughs> I right. think I think that probably, I mean, was pretty good for him. Right, right. So this 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 season's gonna somewhat be a mystery because uh-huh. they're still learning each other and a lot oh, of yeah. pieces. A lot of pieces wasn't there. I, I noticed that the running back, which was a thousand yard rusher, he transferred out. Yeah, he went to Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I said, ten players left, but this year. He'll actually have spring ball and he'll have fall camp. So right. I think he'll do a little bit better. Right, right. And yeah, he's brought in he's brought in a lot of transfers. Right. I was reading. Right. At quarterback, Cole Snyder, he came from Rutgers. Um, they got a wide receiver, Justin Marshall. He came from Louisville. Right. I mean, they only had three starters returning from last year's offense. Right. This year. So they're really, really scrambled. But here goes something I was wondering. Shoot. And we was just watching this thing about Louisville on TV a little while ago before mm-hmm. we started doing this. Why is it that I'm looking at these schools and all these wide receivers are leaving? Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just this school, but they're just moving yeah, around. There's multiple wide receivers. And for some, it's like wide receiver at Louisville. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's very position specific, school specific. Mm hmm. That I don't get why when they had that Malik Cunningham that they're trying to hype up as a Heisman candidate. Yeah, you would think. Why the hell is all his wide receivers leaving? I don't know. You'd think it'd be a great opportunity to stay there, but uh, granted, uh, I know one for in particular. If he if you looked at it, he probably if that's the thing transferred up. He, he went to Alabama. Well, I mean, yeah, you in know. that sense, yeah. But this one transferred down, right, to Buffalo, right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, with, with all the question marks. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah. you, you don't know what to expect at Buffalo this year, man, with all the movement going in and the coaches Mm-mm. coming in. Like you said, got in kind of late. Yeah, you know, real trying, late. Trying to establish a program. So, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 that's a mystery. That would yeah. be something they have to answer. Oh, yeah. And this year, they returned six starters on defense. They do have their first team all-MAC linebacker, James Patterson. Mm-hmm. He had 116 tackles, four and a half sacks, and eight and a half tackles for loss last year. And even, as I'm reading in my notes here again, a lot of transfers on defense. A lot of transfers. They did bring in a player, his last name, Muse, from Boston College. Mm -hmm. Offered from Notre Dame. And Elijah Blades, you know that name, Taz. I recall Elijah Blades. (laughs) He should be a a player on the Florida Gators roster. Yeah, and A&M. And A&M, yeah. It went Juco. (laughs) At one point, also. Yeah. yeah. That's a kid that hasn't been able to find his way yet. So, I mean, maybe here he'll get plenty of opportunity. Right? And, he yeah, will. you get a fresh start. Everything's fresh in Buffalo right yeah, now. Yeah, everything is. <laughs> <laughs> everything's fresh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. So, moving on to our next team we got here is Bowling Green. Green. Bowling Green, 4-8 and eight last year. Head coach Scott Loeffler. Loffler, mm-hmm. his fourth year here. All right. Trying to build it back. He's really trying to build it back. Mm-hmm. Last year, he had a road upset at Minnesota. Was a 31-point 30, underdog right. and ended up winning 14-10. to 10. Now, here's a crazy stat for you. Last year, he only had 22 sophomore juniors and seniors, right? Right. He had 70 freshmen and redshirt freshmen. Mm. So, he's... Bring him back a lot. <laughs> a lot. A what lot. is that going to look like with that graduating class? 70 kids? 
That's yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, of course, there'll, there'll be some type of attrition at some point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's gonna be odd. That's gonna be one hell of a senior class, right? They got a six-year quarterback, Matt McDonald, who followed the head coach here from Boston College because mm-hmm. he was he can't the head coach came from Boston College, and this kid been around so long. He followed them here. Right. <laughs> and the coach already been here four years. Right. Or this is his fourth year here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they returned nine starters on offense. They got all their production back from their running backs and wide receivers. Mm-hmm. They got nine starters on defense coming back. Mm-hmm. They got a first-team all-conference linebacker, Darren Anders. Had 124 tackles, six-and-a-half tackles for loss, and three sacks. Mm. They should have a way, way better season this year. But they got a really, really tough schedule. Right. Yeah, out the gate, UCLA. mm. Uh, UCLA going to Bowling Green? No, boy. He's actually (laughs) going to L.A., man. (laughs) Out out the shoot. So... (laughs) So we'll, we'll we'll get to see what they're kind of made of early with that <laughs> game and at least the third game also that that Marshall I think is going to be a pretty good one then mm-hmm. then they go visit Mike Leach oh Mississippi, Mississippi State Mississippi State so start Vegas but I I could say this not saying that you know it's going to balance out but last year <laughs> they were ranked ninth nationally in pass defense really yeah oh wow so, and they got nine starters returning so back that's going to be strength against their strengths. Oh, yeah. So we'll see what's yeah. up. I just, <laughs> yeah, Mississippi State, I think, has a little bit of an athletic advantage. Well, I mean, but <laughs> Mike Leach may do something that he wouldn't normally do. Yeah, I don't that's know. true, too. But yeah, what, what, yeah I'm going to throw this <laughs> one in there. This same Bowling Green team will rank 103rd in rush defense. Oh, wow. So, he may say, you know what, let's do something a little different. Yeah. Let's see if they we can lay on this run ball. game you know, versus airing it out like you would normally do. So <laughs> you may see a different game plan for that game. That is true. That would be interesting. Yeah. And well, to see if Mike Leach says, you know what, we're going to switch it up on him. Yeah, let's go heavy run. <laughs> let's see what happens. Hey, that's what that Seth Luttrell did. Hey. It did. Yeah, you, you take what they give you. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. Yep. All day. Oh. <laughs> All right. So that's Bowling Green. Next thing we got here, we got is Akron. Last year, Akron was 2-10. and ten. Mm. Joe Moorhead's back. Joe Moorhead coached here. He was an assistant on that 2005 MAC championship team that they had. Right. But Akron has been a hard, hard place to win at. Yeah, for years, man. I mean. They've lost 17 of their last 18 road games. Mm. 15 of their last 16 home games versus the FBS. And they've been 3-27 and the last three years and hasn't been to a bowl since 2017. 2-10 last year. Yep. 1-7 in the conference. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, they have the liberty now of adding to their schedule for this upcoming year. Mm-hmm. Michigan State, mm. Tennessee, Oof. and Liberty. Mm. After going two and ten last year, wow, it's gonna be a challenge. Oh yeah, I mean, what can we expect from Joe Moorhead? Uh, Moorhead, year? Moorhead's offensive-minded coach, mm. of course. Oh yeah, NFL experience, along with Power Five experience. He was a head coach at uh, uh, Mississippi State, yeah. coach at Penn State. Yeah, so he's got some experience as far as running offense. 
Now, whether he had his pieces in place or not, maybe, maybe not. He may just kind of lean on yeah. whatever the strength is, what he's got coming back. I would say passing game last year seemed to be more the identity. Uh, ranked 79th nationally last year, 217 yards a game, so he can probably improve that, oh, yeah. I, I would say. And hopefully turn uh, the turnover margin. Yeah. And minus five last year. Oh, that's not So good. if you can kind of, you know, fix that a little bit and address the defense. Now, defense was ranked fourth in pass defense last year, mm-hmm. 55 nationally. But, I mean, rush, rush game wasn't all that strong. No. Nah. But there's no pass rush there. Mm-mm. So. At all. He's got a challenge ahead of him. But, like I said, he's he's been, you know, in some of the bigger positions. So if he can change, maybe slow the tempo up, maybe – you know, keep it close. Yeah. To the fourth quarter, if he could see what happens. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because I mean, there were there were some decent games last year that they were pretty close in as far as the conference. Um, forty forty five, Michigan, Western Michigan, thirty one twenty five against Ball State, thirty four twenty one Miami Ohio, which is a conference game. Yeah. So maybe if you can kind of. You close know, the gap a little close bit. Close the gap a little bit. Protect the ball. Yeah. And, you know, who knows what can happen. You can. I would definitely say uh, they can improve from a two. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of improvement that can be made there. Right. It's so funny. I actually saw Joe Moorhead once. I went when me and my mom went to the Gator Bowl mm-hmm. when Mississippi State played Louisville. Mm-hmm. And we was at the game, and we had really good seats. And I went to go get us some drinks or something like that, and I come back. And my mom told me, she was like, I don't know who this guy is, but everybody wants to take their picture with him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked, and I was like, oh, I said, that's their new head coach. It was right after Mullen had left. And they announced Joe Moorhead as the head coach. Right, right, right. And he was at the bowl game or whatever. I said, Ma, I said, that's Mississippi State's new head coach. He was like, oh, I didn't know who he was. Everybody just wanted to get a picture with him for some reason. Right. <laughs> some old guy. Yeah. I said, yeah, he ain't a player. <laughs> yeah, I think he's somebody. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so how, how many wins do you think we could expect out of Moorhead in his first year. What would be a good year for Moorhead? A good year. Um, I know a bowl game would be great, but I don't think that's what. No, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking some type of improvement is for for what I'm seeing from last year. Got some returners coming back. I said if he get because I'm looking at his. I'm looking at the schedule because you've added Michigan State, Tennessee, and Liberty. <laughs> so that's probably three off the top right there. Mm-hmm. You're probably playing one of the. Probably the leaders, probably both of the conferences, East and West. You're probably playing Miami, Ohio, playing Central Michigan, Northern Illinois, which is pretty. If he can get five, improve three games. Yeah. I think, I think he, that'd be a great I year. I think it'd be good. Progress. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. that's what you're looking for. Yeah. You're looking for progress. You got to see the needle moving in one direction right. or the other. Right. I think if he, can get, if he can get in five wins out of there. That'd be a good start. That'd be a good start. Six, awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, six. That's game. an outstanding year. Right. It is. Right. That'd be like somebody else winning 10. Right. <laughs> right. So I think if he can get, if he get five, I mean, I know the fan base is like, nah, five's not good enough. <laughs> but, I mean, you got to say, this is a process. It is a, a to- I would say, a rebuilding process. Oh, yeah. Oh, completely. Like I said, I mean, they haven't hardly won a road game or a home game. Right. Against the FBS school in like three years, right? And he, like I said, he's just coming into that area. I'm not sure if he's actually maybe some years ago coaching those areas. Yeah, he um, was. Uh, well, he was State? on the team in 2005 as an assistant. Yeah, but that's 
Men a minute. Oh yeah, man. But I'm just saying, rekindling years. those uh, relationships. Yeah, those and I wonder if maybe people. that's why he went back there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He mm-hmm. had a tie. I mean, let's look. Let's let's face it. There ain't no pressure. No, <laughs> no, no, no pressure. Just you know, they understand. And then anytime, like a new head coach, a new regime come in, they kind of give them a leeway that first year because yeah. one is everything's changed. Recruiting periods has changed. They got mm-hmm. early signing periods. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you're behind the eight ball. You you hadn't been recruiting the area, so you're behind the eight ball in relationships. So yeah, it kind of somewhat get a pass the first. True. Year, you know. So I got a question for you. Do you think Joe Moorhead reached out to LeBron? LeBron, come on, help me recruit. You from Akron? Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He, he knows LeBron's got his own thing going on over there right now in L.A., so he's got yeah. his own issues. Well, I mean, hell, you yeah. might as well come through then. Get <laughs> he away. Got his, he got his own thing come going back on home. over there. He's trying, to, he's, trying to <laughs> get, he's trying to get back to the playoffs. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they got they got some issues over there. He's probably like, not let him do his thing. We'll probably talk. <laughs> but I think Moorhead probably is going to try to focus on that himself. He. He's another coach that's kind of been at some big schools. Oh yeah, and those understand structure and what what it takes to kind of get back to the top. So I think he, I think he, he improves with with the help of what everyone else is using the yeah. transfer portal, mm-hmm. get some pieces in place, improve yeah. the team foundation. Yeah, I think I think he'll get it back on track. I mean, it'd be one first of all, it's gonna be one of those teams that nobody really expects to do anything anyway. Exactly, that's why I said low expectations right. and low stress. Right. So they can come in and surprise some people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, all right. Well, that wraps up all the teams in the East. We're going to move on to the West now. And the first team we got over here in the West is Northern Illinois. Mm. Northern Illinois won the MAC last year. Right. Ended up going 9-5. and five. Now, here's something crazy. You want to talk about going from worst to first? Mm-hmm. The COVID year in 2020, mm-hmm. <laughs> they went 0-6. Mm. They ain't win a game. And then they end up... Going nine and five last year and winning the whole thing, right. which they've always had a pretty good tradition of winning. Right in the in the MAC, Northern right. Illinois has. Right. right, and I mean they'll be even just as good this year again. They got nine starters return on offense. They got their QB Rocky Lombardi mm-hmm. from Michigan State. I remember watching him play there. This is his second year here. Mm-hmm. I do lose their top running back, but they got their next two running backs, and it's kind of a two headed monster. Right. Between Wally and Brown, mm-hmm. combined is about 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So even though they lose their top running back, then these two right here can also share the load. They lose their center, Patton, but return four starters and probably had the best O-line in the MAC. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's big because I'm watching. Uh, even though they lost their running back, they, they were fourth nationally. Nationally? Uh, nationally in rushing attack. Dang, I did not know about it. the Mac over here leading the <laughs> they, country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been sneaky. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They've been under the radar type deals. Most people looking at the bigger schools and who's the Heisman Trophy candidates mm-hmm. and Dope Walker Award and all that yeah. stuff. And uh, they've just been kind of running they over the here. Radar. The Mac pounding the rock. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Just running the ball, man. And one thing they do got to fix is their turnover margin. I looked at this. They were yeah. minus six overall. Right. They were minus one within their conference. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, minus five in your non-conference. I'm pretty sure they, you know, played some pretty tough teams last year non-conference. 
Yeah. But even in conference, you're minus one. You can't have that. Right. Yeah. The one, I mean, they played two, I would say. Lost mm-hmm. to Michigan, of course. Oh, yeah. That probably skewed the numbers a little bit. But they beat Georgia Tech. Wow. Yeah, they actually beat Georgia Tech by one, 22-21 last year. Damn. So other two power fives. So Yeah. Okay. Yeah, most of it, like I said, the damage was coming in conference. Yeah. When they were just, you know, making a few mistakes here and there. Got to work on that defense a little bit, though. Because, I mean, they're giving up more points than they're actually scoring. Oh, that's never good. No. No. So you got to address the defense. Yeah, they do have nine starters returning, so that'll probably help. Right, they got a pr- they got a really great secondary player, a safety who was first team All Mac, mm-hmm. returning, C.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. He had 109 tackles last year. They got a third team Mac DB Junior Jordan Gandy. Mm-hmm. He had 53 tackles and he had 10 pass breakups. Mm. So they. They probably are the most talented team, top to bottom in the MAC. If I had to, if I had to put a mm-hmm. finger on it, mm-hmm. and they have a pretty winnable schedule. Other than they play at Kentucky, but <laughs> other than that, I mean their schedule is pretty, yeah, pretty winnable. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, they're winnable. I mean they're at Tulsa second game, but they can win that one. I think. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can, they can have a solid year, but they got to fix that turnover margin. Oh yeah, for sure. First and foremost, All right. Keep a hold of the ball. There you go. <laughs> All right. So the next team we got in the West, we got Central Michigan. They went nine and four last year with Jim McElwain. I think right. he's been doing pretty well there. Like a chat. Oh yeah. You know a little bit about him. Yeah, yeah. Ex head coach. Uh he had this play called uh Hey Diddle Diddle Dude Down the Middle. <laughs> where, he, where he play action and hit the tight end streaking down the middle and used it pretty often, pretty oh, effective too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside of him making peanut butter jelly sandwiches for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Mac Mac is a good offensive mind. Mm-hmm. Um it's just uh kind of Managing the whole team and everything else around him, but oh, yeah. uh, hopefully shout out to Mac. Hopefully you know get his health um, taken care of, man. He can get back you know, on the field there. And, oh know. yeah, yeah. Last year they ended up beating Washington State in the Sun Bowl, mm. twenty four to twenty one. They did, and end up beating a Power Five school. So that was pretty good. Right. Their running back Lou Nichols, he's a sophomore. He's back. He led the country last year with one thousand eight hundred and ninety five yards rushing. Mm. And he also has 16 touchdowns to go along with that. Right. They've been pretty solid overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, even offense and defensively, they've been pretty solid. Uh, scoring, ranked 35th in the nation, 32.3 points a game. That's pretty um, good. Passing attack, 29th in the okay. country. Rushing, you know, took a hit 51st. Which is uh, crazy to have the lead in rusher. In the country, right, and they're fifty first. Um, <laughs> I guess even that was the only yards they got in the run right, game, <laughs> right? And that can be screwed also by like sacks and things like yeah. that from the quarterback. So mm-hmm. defensive rushing, eighteenth mm-hmm. in the nation, stopping the run. Oh wow, that's pretty solid. Yeah, just real solid. I mean, I mean, the team's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple areas, but uh, on plus one in margin and turnover, though, yeah. I mean, that's not a. Yeah, you know, a real big thing to lean on, but actually, yeah, at least you're plus, and you're not giving away more than you're mm-hmm. taking it away. And what should help their running game is they got a Kobe Lewis coming back. He missed mm-hmm. 2021. He was a thousand yard rusher in 2019, 
And in 2020, he was actually splitting time with Lou Nichols during right. the COVID year. Right. So that should help boost their run game up a lot moving forward this upcoming year since they're getting him back. But what might hurt it is both their tackles got drafted. One was a set. The right tackle got drafted in the second round by Tampa, and their left tackle got drafted in the third round by right. Indy. Right. So they they doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. Offensive wise, they're gonna probably have to take a step forward because they lost some guys in the defense a lot to the portal. Yeah. Yeah. They they lost their five leading tacklers from last year. Mm-hmm. They only got four starters returning. Right. So they, they, I mean, the offense is gonna pretty really gonna have to step it up a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of help them out. Now, granted, I know he's an offensive guy and he can he can put points on the board, uh, passing, but he's gonna have to one protect the ball, yeah. and help that defense out by you know c- controlling the clock mm-hmm. and uh, keeping them dudes on the sideline. Yeah, they got uh, Dante Kent coming back. He had fourteen pass breakups and one pick. Mm-hmm. So he need to be working on the jugs machine because <laughs> right. he can turn those fourteen pass breakups into six interceptions, right. and he'll be getting drafted in the second or third round like those tackles, right? And setting his offense up in a better position. Exactly. Yep. Man, they got a tough schedule too. They play at Oklahoma State and For, at Penn State. That's the first game. Yeah, that's early. That's so, crazy. So I mean, you know, and there's there's times you would love to have that one game. Yeah, you know, to try to get your team, you know, rolling. figured out. Yeah, definitely <laughs> figured out. I mean, because you're talking, you know, you lost a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. You lost a lot, and they lost six of their top eight tacklers. Right. So you would love to have that at least that first game to kind of mm-hmm. get up under your belt. Yeah, man. But then you start out with the Oklahoma State team, mm-hmm. and you know, Gunny's going up tempo the yep. whole game. The whole game, and he can score. And they'll probably still play pretty solid defense, even though their D coordinators got. Right. I'm they, they pretty sure they ain't gonna forget. One. Not yeah. at all. So yeah. that's oof. Hey, but hey, much respect to the Matt. You y'all ain't play. scared of nobody. No, you win to play the game. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and y'all always have to go on the road. You do. You don't never get these teams to come to your place. But you know what? As a player, or as a coach, or right. any a staff member. I would love to go to these games. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Just because those are these are games and stadiums that you you probably wouldn't experience. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Instead of playing those Tuesday night games in front of 87 fans, now you're going to Oklahoma State where there's going to be 65,000 people there. No, it's probably going to be jam-packed. It's the first game of the year. Exactly. Yeah, sell-out crowds. I mean, go to Penn State and there's 100,000 fans. Ooh, I don't know if that'll be a whiteout. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the next team that we got here is Toledo. Toledo was 7-6 last year. That was their 12th straight winning season. They got a Jason Candle. He was the OC when Matt Campbell was there Mm. and was an interim coach for the bowl game in 2015, and he took over full-time in 2016. He's 45-27. Mm-hmm. And I've heard his name come up a lot. Jason Candle on uh, getting a Power 5 school. Because, you know, I mean, Matt Campbell, he's been doing well. So they end up having him go off. And, you know, if he does good and you took over for him and you was his OC. So right. I think they'll be doing – I think he has a good – he wins a 10-win year. Mm-hmm. I think he could be next to 
move up to the Power Five ranking. Right. Right. When it goes seven and six last year, mm-hmm. that's solid. Five and three in the conference. Yeah. Pretty solid overall. Um, I'm looking ranking wise, scoring thirty three point four game. Number one. Yeah. Twenty six nationally. Yeah. And you versus that the defense side of the ball, they're giving up twenty one point eight. So they're actually scoring more than what they're giving up. Number one. Number one. And uh, plus seven in turnover margin. Yeah. So that's. That's really good. Yeah, and they really. were in the top five in the conference in all those categories. Yeah. That's that's solid, man. That's a good foundation. Mm-hmm. But just to build on that, then they actually get a couple games under, the, under, the, under their belt, LIU and UMass, before they go to Ohio State and then back to San Diego State. Yeah. And seven and six that they was last year have four heartbreaking losses by three or less. Right. At Notre Dame. I don't know if anybody remembers this. Yeah, I remember that one. <coughs> Yeah, yeah. They took the lead. Yeah. And that quarterback should have slid mm-hmm. and went down. Mm-hmm. But instead, want to make the highlight reel and go score. Right. If that kid would have fell and yep. just went down, the they would have need the ball. They would have won and knocked off Notre Dame. But they scored. But they scored, and Notre Dame came right back down. And I didn't. I saw the highlight parts of it. I didn't watch that game, but I just and I wanted to go back, and I never did. And I wanted to go back and look and see what was the coach's reaction when he scored. Right. You know what I'm saying? Was he when he came in and broke the edge and he was coming around? Were they yelling, "Get down, get down, right. get down"? Right. Or were they cheering, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah"? Yeah. Like that's what I want to know. Left, and left a lot of time on the a clock. A lot of time. And Notre Dame gets the ball, goes down, and scores, and wins and by three. Yeah. Yep. They lost the. They lost Northern Illinois by two. Mm-hmm. They want. They lost at Central Michigan by three. Right. And they lost at home to Eastern Michigan by three. So mm-hmm. they could have easily been eleven and two, easily, easily, and had a top ten win on their re- mm-hmm. resume. Yeah, yeah, and they've probably been the team that's favored in the conference this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And a quarterback returns, sophomore Daquan Finn, mm-hmm. and hey, maybe that was it was just a freshman mistake. You know what I'm saying? Right. Game situations. They do lose a lot at wide receiver and running back, but. With the quarterback coming back in those close games and the way that they're ranked and everything, I think they should have another solid offensive year. Yeah. On defense, they return nine starters and mm-hmm. return nine of their top 11 tacklers. Mm-hmm. They got a two-time all-mat DN, Deshaun Johnson. He had 70 tackles, four and a half sacks, and eight tackles for loss. Then they have a three-time all-mat linebacker slash DN, he had 88 tackles, 10 sacks, mm-hmm. five tackles for loss, and eight pass breakups. Mm-hmm. But they do lose two fifth-round draft picks from their secondary. And and that secondary is pretty solid. I mean, the third and fourth respect as far as rushing and passing mm-hmm. uh, in the conference. They only gave they gave up under 200 yards passing a game. Dang. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, so if you can do that... And, uh, compared to what they pass per game is two thirty nine. So mm-hmm. offenses right now is is awesome with that defense that they have. Because you, if you keep giving me the ball, that's plus seven turnover. Nice with an offense scoring and moving the ball the way they can, they can win a lot of games. Oh heck yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's for sure. And their secondary returning a sophomore, McKean Hook. Mm-hmm. He had ninety five tackles last year, right? So he'll be back again. So that, like I said, they. They're ahead of the curve. 
They are all the way around, I think. So the next team that we got here is Western Michigan. Western Michigan actually went eight and five last year. Mm. And Tim Lester, he's here. This is sixth year. Last year they won only their second bowl game, the Quick Lane Bowl. They beat Nevada, fifty-two to twenty-four. He's eight and five this year, and he is one of those like we always say. We want to see you trending in a direction, right? You know. So his first year, twenty seventeen, went six and six. Right. The next year, eighteen, went seven and six. Mm-hmm. Nineteen, seven and six. Twenty is a COVID year. Like I said, I don't count it. But he's still four and two. Mm-hmm. And last year, eight and five. Right. So he's increased his win total almost every year. Right. right. So, but probably the biggest win of I would I mean, maybe career. Hmm. They went to Pitt last year and won 44-41. They won at Pitt. They won at Pitt. And guess what? Pitt won ACC last year. Pitt comes to them this year. Really? Really. Ooh. <laughs> In Kalamazoo. <laughs> right. Come to Kalamazoo. Come right. to the zoo. Right. And, and Pitt, to, I mean, to be fair, they, they have lost some pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. So, is so, it early in the year they get there? That they go there? Third game. I mean, they they they're at Michigan State, at Ball State, and then Pitt comes to them. Oh, okay. Mm. That's an early game. Dang. So he actually knocked off the ACC champion. He last knocked year. off the champion last year by three. Dang. Right. They got a new quarterback, Jake Salapek. He's mm-hmm. a redshirt freshman this year. So that that ought to be pretty good. But they only have four starters on offense coming back. Right. But they do have their top two running backs coming back. They combine for 1,900 yards and 19 touchdowns. Right. So having a redshirt freshman quarterback, I think they're probably going to really depend on the run next right. year. Right. right. I don't think they're going to put that kid in too many positions to hurt himself. And and then they have a solid defense to go along with that rushing attack, which ranks seventeenth in the nation. Defense wise rushing, second in the conference, fiftieth nationally, passing defense, second in really? the conference, tenth nationally. Dang. Yeah, so overall the total defense was their first in the conference, mm-hmm. three twenty nine per game bad. yards per game, eighteenth nationally in defense. Wow. Top twenty. Top twenty, top defense. 20 national defense, right. dang, and right. that is they still do play those them. They add those power five cause stats into those too, right? So that's really damn good. That's really good right there. And they return seven on defense next mm-hmm. year, and their top three linebackers are back, right? So I I see Western Michigan. They're they're trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. They are. I like this Tim Lester. I think he's doing a really good job. Now this is one that I went call Antonio Brown and asked to try to help on recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> Get you some help, Antonio. <laughs> All right. So the next thing we got here is Ball State. All right. They won the MAC championship in the 2020 year and the COVID year. They were six and seven last year, and they actually had six straight losing seasons prior to the COVID year. They went to a bowl game and lost to Georgia State, 51 to 20. All right. They do lose their quarterback this upcoming year, but return their top two running backs. Mm-hmm. They combine for about 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. Right. So offensive, mm, it's going to be a little little shaky. Yeah, yeah. They just got to find their quarterback, I think. Right, right. I mean, numbers, yeah, they're right, at, right inside the, 
the top 100. Uh, <laughs> ain't but 130 to have. Uh, 94th. That's not saying much. You know, 94th rushing, 89th in passing. Um, about 36 from the bottom. <laughs> yeah. But I can that say sounds this. sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> than 94th from the top. Right. But uh, at least plus seven in turnover margin. So, <laughs> there we go. There you know, we go. 27. Now, actually. here goes a crazy stat. Right. They were plus 12 in conference and they were minus five non-conference mm. so in the conference they really controlled it but in the non-conference is what lowered their numbers actually yeah yeah they had a couple a few tough games though mm-hmm. one point game but you gotta win those you gotta win those i mean you had at northern illinois mm. they lost 30 to 29 mm. miami ohio 24 27 which they hosted mm. Toledo lost 22-12. Yeah. So those are probably some games that probably... Yeah, at least two of them. Yeah, at least two of them. Would have made them eight and four. Right. It would have. Instead of six and six in the regular season. Mm -hmm. They do lose two 100-plus tacklers. But Mm -hmm. now this is the crazy part. This school had three 100... Three kids that recorded over 100 tackles. Man. They returned this this linebacker Clayton Call. He had mm-hmm. 108, so he'll be the leader in that one. And they do get the 2020 Matt Defensive Player of the Year back, Brandon Martin. Mm. He had got a seventh year of eligibility, right? So I guess he was hurt or something like that, and that's what ended up costing him. But he got a seventh year of eligibility, which whew, that's a long time. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say that's more years than the coaches normally get. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We got players get more years than the coaches. Right. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> All right. So the last team we got in this division and the conference is Eastern Michigan. They went seven and six. Now, this conference, as you notice, all these teams that went to bowl games. And this was the other division of the only the second division that had all their teams eligible. Mm-hmm. So they're seven and six, went to a bowl game. They he went to the bowl game in twenty sixteen, which was their first bowl game in twenty sixteen since nineteen eighty seven. Mm. So they had they snapped the was that twenty nine year mm-hmm. streak of missing bowl games. This Chris mm. Creighton. He's doing a great job there. He's gotten them to a bowl game for the last six years. This is a blue-collar team. This is a team that that believes in blue-collar, going to work. I mean, they end up knocking down cinder blocks with sledgehammers when they do their introduction. (laughs) Their field is gray. (laughs) (laughs) Nicknamed the factory. So this this is one where you bring your hard hat. And show up and put in work. And he's doing a really great job there. I think like, what, eight return starters on offense? Mm-hmm. So the offense should definitely be improved. But one of the new starters will be the quarterback. Yeah, they got to get that figured out. <sighs> yeah, he's his stats, I mean, very limited. Four for four, 43 yards, three <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> That's, that's his stats from last year. Goodness. So, that's their top returning quarterback. That's the top returning quarterback. <laughs> well, the good thing is they do got their top four wide receivers back, and right. two of their top three running backs are back. So that will be really good. Right. And that will help out the quarterback. So at least they'll have options around them. Here goes something. Their defense last year for 17 turnovers mm. and had three of them for touchdowns. 15 of those 17 turnovers led to points. 
11 touchdowns and four field goals. Uh-huh. So when they take the ball away, uh-huh. they capitalize right. on it. So, I mean, they when they get it, they're going to do something with it. Right. But where they end up finishing in turnover margin? Plus four. Mm, so they gave it away 13 times. Yeah. So that's um, something that they'll have to work on. But, yeah, and, and it probably, like I said, I think he will pro- definitely coach it different now because it'll probably be more run heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of protecting the quarterback, not putting too much on his shoulders. Oh, yeah. Although you got the receivers back, but yeah. he's relatively still a new quarterback. <laughs> yeah, when he's has four well, pass attempts. Hey, but you can't beat it, though. Four for four. <laughs> for only for four or three yards, but three touchdowns. Oh, so. Out of four completions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just 75% saying, 75% touchdown percentage. Dude, if he can keep that up. <laughs> and throw it 300 times. My dude. I'm just saying. I'm, I, you know, analytics. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah, they'll get that figured out. And I think they should have a pretty solid year. Right. Like I said, they're doing it the old school way. Right. By hard work and putting in work. So, I, I think they'll do all right. So, all right, well, that wraps up all the teams, and now we're going to do our offensive and defensive player of the years. My offensive player of the year, even as I talked about earlier, was that Jaquan Finn, Daquan Finn from Toledo. He's a real dual-threat quarterback. He had 2,000 yards passing and had 500 yards rushing. Mm. He also ran for nine touchdowns and threw 18 touchdowns and only two interceptions. So I think he's going to have a really good, solid year this year with everything Toledo's got coming back. I I see Toledo doing big things this year. And then my defensive player of the year, I got Monte Miller from Kent State. He led the conference last year with four interceptions and had nine pass breakups. So he's one of them real lockdown corners out there at Kent State. And I think they're going to have a pretty good year, too, this year also. So, Ted, who you got as your offense and defensive players? of the? Uh, my new guy offense is that Brent Gabbert, which we kind of reviewed him, Blake Gabbert's younger brother. Oh, yeah. Um, and my defensive player is uh, James Patterson. Okay. 116 tackles, four and a half sacks, eight and a half for loss. Oh, that's that linebacker from Buffalo. Yeah, linebacker from Buffalo. And we'll see what happens. Like I said, with so much going on with their offense and defense, (laughs) he may be on the field more. A lot. (laughs) You know? Um, So those numbers may be skewed, or we'll see. Oh, yeah. He might end up having 130 tackles. Yeah, he may have a lot more snaps (laughs) on the defense side of the ball, man. For real. All right, right, so that wraps up our players of the year. Now we're going to get to some games to watch this year. So this year we got, I put Toledo at Northern Illinois October 8th. Mm. I think that's going to be a really big game. And it might end up actually deciding the conference, the division, earlier this year than later last year. Then on that same day, we got Kent State at Miami of Ohio. Mm Mm-hmm. Which pretty much the same thing. That those two games, October eighth, might actually set the tone and determine who's going to win the conference, the right. divisions in the conference. Right. And then another one we got here is October fifteenth. We got Kent State at Toledo, mm. which that ought to be a good one. Which to me, that's a that's a preview show right. for what would probably happen in Detroit. And then followed by now we get into the weekday games. November 2nd on a Wednesday, we got Central Michigan at Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. See if McElwain can take that next step and attack the, the team at the top of the division. 
Yeah, and that interesting thing about that game, mm-hmm. it was a one-point game, 38-39 last year. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, so that's going to be a good one then. Right. And then another Wednesday game we got is Western Michigan at Central Michigan. And that's right. another Wednesday game two weeks later. Right. Those Michigan versus Michigan games are pretty good. Right. Right. Pretty solid. I mean, that, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's rivalry. Oh, yeah. Something. For sure. Yeah. Yep. And then November 16th, that same night, we got Miami of Ohio at Northern Illinois, which I believe is going to be another good game. Two top contenders. And that might also be a preview Preview. for the championship game also. Correct. So, all right. Well, now we're going to go and break it down on how we got them finishing out the year and the way they're going to finish within the division and then the championship game. Right. So, in the West, I got Toledo winning the division. Followed by Central Michigan, Northern Illinois, Eastern Michigan. I like what they're doing. Western Michigan, and then Ball State. Right. And then over in the East, I got Kent State, Miami of Ohio, Buffalo. It's a little high for him, but I, I think getting a full year under his belt will help him out a lot. Followed by Ohio, then Bowling Green, and Akron. Like we said, get the five wins, Akron, and it'll be a good year. And then, so I got Toledo beating Kent State in the championship game, mm-hmm. and Toledo winning the MAC this year. Well, How you got them, Taz? All right. Uh, my divisions go such West, Northern Illinois I have winning in the West, followed by Toledo, and then followed by Michael Wayne with Central Michigan, followed by Western Michigan, <laughs> And then Eastern Michigan, <laughs> there's the Michigan teams again, followed by Ball State. They need um, a Southern Michigan. <laughs> right, right. Now, on the East side, I have Miami of Ohio oh, okay. uh, winning, winning the East, um, followed by a close second, Kent State, then Bowling Green. This last three, kind of a toss-up. There's new coaches, a lot going on, but I did choose Buffalo <laughs> with all their changes, above uh, Ohio, and then followed by Akron. All right. So Northern Illinois versus Miami of Ohio. Who wins in That's Detroit? Uh, interesting, interesting. Uh, we're going to go with Northern Illinois. All right. And for people who didn't know, that the MAC is the only group of five school that plays their championship game at a neutral site. Right. Everybody else plays at the home team or the team with the better record. Right. So... That's a little closing tidbit for the Mac. And that's what we got on the Mac. All right, then. Well, that pretty much wraps up the episode. I think that was pretty good. Pretty informational. Learned a lot. I mean, honestly and truly. And I'm not going to lie. This was probably one of the hardest episodes that there was to write. Just because of I'm guilty of it, too. I know of them. Right. But I know more about other schools. Right, right, right. But I I can't say about these... um, if if people really hadn't watched them, and we we mentioned some of these games, how close they were, mm-hmm. these are some of the better games to watch, dude. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and you you see, you can really see how much it comes down to coaching and decision making as far as winning these games. Now, I mean, they'll actually have you on the edge of your seat. Oh yeah, some of these games. So I uh, I would encourage people, man, uh, just kind of turn over every now and then if you see a couple of these teams playing, mm-hmm. and just kind of follow and watch them. Yeah. Oh, love us some action. Right. Love some action. Right. Especially during the week. <laughs> yeah, if you want to compare to football versus, you know, you don't want to see just blowouts. Mm-hmm. These would be some competitive games, right? And you'll learn a lot about 
uh, some of these coaches, because they're you know commentators are mentioning where they're from. So maybe even some of you, from some of your teams, you're trying to figure out where that coach went or whatever. Mm-hmm. You may find them in the MAC. Yep. You never know. Or you'll see a lot of coaches come from the MAC right up to the next level. Right. So be the first one to see them. And do, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot to learn from the MAC. So uh, I just encourage people to tune in and watch them. Oh yeah, the cradle of head coaching. It right. is. There's a lot of great head coaches that come through the MAC and came through the MAC. Definitely. So, well, all right. Well, that pretty much wraps up this episode. The next episode we got is the Independence, and that will wrap up all 131 division preview shows. It's been a long road, homie. That's all right. It's it's <laughs> worth the wait, partner, because yes. we're just around the corner from kickoff. Yes, we are. So, all right. Well, that's all I got for this episode, Tash. You got anything for the people? No, that's it, man. Uh, just I encourage people to be patient. It's coming. It's we hold getting on. There. We getting there. Just hold on. A few more episodes, a few more weeks. And, uh, hey, we'll all be excited. Get your popcorn. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a great Sunday. and We'll see y'all on the next one. Peace.